Six of the world's leading investors, a total deal value of $20.7 billion, upfront proceeds of $10 billion. The Abu Dhabi National Oil Company has secured the biggest ever energy infrastructure deal in the region. It's also one of the largest foreign direct investments in recent years. And getting it all done amid a global pandemic too. You're listening to the Business Extra podcast coming from the National in Abu Dhabi. I'm Mustafa Al-Rawi, Assistant Editor-in-Chief. Korea's NH Investment and Securities, Singapore's GIC, the Ontario Teachers' Pension Plan Board, Italy's SNAM, Global Infrastructure Partners, and Brookfield Asset Management. This consortium will lease 982 kilometers of ADNOX natural gas pipelines in Abu Dhabi for 20 years. The numbers are staggering. Ahmed El Zabi, the group chief financial officer at ADNOC, is with us now to discuss this. So congratulations, uh, Ahmed, on this deal. Um, it's fairly significant, isn't it? Yes. Thank you, Mustafa. Great to be with you today uh, on what is very important day for ADNOC, Abu Dhabi and the UAE. Uh, today, uh, 20.7 billion US dollar deal is the single biggest energy infrastructure investment in the world so far this year, and by far the region's largest. Of course, given the uh, the global economic climate, it's a huge achievement and endorsement of our world-class assets. Uh, for ADNOC, this deal is the largest transaction since we kicked off our value maximization strategy three years ago. Uh, so uh, last year, we, we were very delighted to welcome BlackRock, KKR, ENI, and OMV to the ADNOC family as partner in, in addition to GIC and the Abu Dhabi Pension Fund. Uh, today, we're, we're also adding to that family six other big investors, partners, strategic partners, GIP, Brookfield, GIC, Ontario Teachers, NH Securities, and SNAM to the ADNOC family. So it's an interesting structure here because uh, an entity is being created on, under which 38 natural gas pipelines will sit and ADNOC will retain the 51% majority share in that company. And then the 49% will be uh, allocated to these six investors. And in return, they will pay $10 billion up front. And then uh, over the 20 years, there will be an income related to those gas pipelines that actually deliver gas to domestic customers in the UAE. So they're in Abu Dhabi, and then UAE customers pick it up um, at the various offtake points. So that structure was is is similar to the one uh, for that oil pipelines deal you just mentioned. Yes, there there is similarities in them, uh, if not very similar. However, the uh, the newly uh, formed subsidiary of ADNOC, which will lease the rights to 38 pipelines covering a total of 982.3 kilometers with ADNOC uh, holding the 51% majority stake. The, the innovative trans- transaction structure allows ADNOC to tap into new pools of global institutional investment capital. Uh, and as we've mentioned several times, we'll uh, at the same time, maintaining full operating control over the assets, including as part of the investment. And, and that's significant. The, the responsibility for the pipelines will remain with ADNOC operating them. It, it'll be ADNOC. So you, you have international investors coming in 
and 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 taking uh, an interest, but the 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 sort of strategic assets aren't actually owned um, by by them. Um, they they just have that interest for two decades. Exactly, Musaf. So so under the terms of the agreement, Adno could lease its ownership uh, interest in the assets to Adno Gas Pipeline for 20 years in return for a volume-based tariff. The uh, transaction will result in upfront proceeds of over $10 billion to ADNOC and is subject to customary closing conditions and regulatory of approvals, of course. And, and, and so if, if I compare this to that oil pipelines deal, which was, was innovative at the time, 2019, the, the, that was for 18 oil pipelines, a total of 750 kilometers. But the, the, the top line figure for that deal is, is smaller than this one. Um, why, why is this gas pipelines deal, um, that 20.7 billion so much more? Um, just so that I understand, you know, even though the numbers in terms of the scale seem similar. Yes. Well, well, Adnoc has attracted a lot of infrastructure interest from different partners. Uh, initially, we had a strategy in 2017 to unlock uh, value uh, from our assets. So the 2019 deal that happened last year was a springboard to the current uh, to the current deal. It actually emphasizes the strength of Adnoc. It emphasizes the the how successful the previous deal was, uh, and the, the increased interest uh, this time round regarding the gas pipeline. Hence the bigger valuation. Hence the bigger amount. So it's sort of um, setting a benchmark. So that deal last year set a benchmark, and then this one set, sets a new benchmark. Exactly. And and then the anticipation would be that any future deals will will be will be based at a, a premium, perhaps um, to uh, to this one that this just happened. It's 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 a great endorsement of the UAE, uh, rich track record. Uh, and global credibility as a highly trusted investment investment destination. Uh, it also reflects uh, Adnoc's uh, strong uh, financial position of uh, and a credit rating of double A plus standalone. So, uh, and the confidence of the international investors uh, to invest in in the UAE, in Abu Dhabi, in Adnoc. So, it's a testament. To the leadership, it's a testament to to UAE and Abu Dhabi and Adnoc. I do want to pick up on the on the sort of the wider FDI angle. Um, you know, the, the UAE being a draw, but uh, I'd like to kind of get down to the sort of the the, the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, you're the the, the group chief financial officer. Um, you're involved in these kind of transactions, uh, but I wonder, from your point of view, your 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 long career in this, what what was it like trying to close this deal? Um, not financial close, but to try and get this deal signed um, when we've had, let's say, uh, unique challenges in the last few months? Because this isn't a deal that's just popped up in the last week. It's, you've been working on it for some time. Exactly. Uh, getting a transaction of this size and complexity over the line during uh, and in this tough economic climate and uncertain energy landscape is a powerful testament to Abu Dhabi and the UAE's position as a highly trusted and attractive investment destination. Attracting FDIs uh, into the UAE is one of the most important pillars uh, that we have 
uh, as the UAE, as Abu Dhabi, and uh, as ADNOC as a contributor to that uh, FDI count. I mean, I imagine uh, when when deals of this magnitude are being worked upon, you have a number of, of teams, you have lawyers, you have bankers, you have advisors, you have your in-house guys working on all of this. Um, and, and often they'll get in a room together um, and, and kind of thrash a lot of the, the details out. Um, but with the physical distancing, um, with, with around the world, various restrictions on movement and travel, um, did, you, did you have um, specific challenges that you had to surmount um, as, as a result of this environment? As you said it, um, Mustafa, it's, uh, I think during this time, I think everyone had to be agile and nimble. Uh, and that's one of the things that ADNOC is uh, known for, uh, agility. Uh, we've, uh, as everyone, we had our challenges. However, we've reacted fast. We've, uh, we've been agile in our response. We've been nimble in our response. And uh, we've got a great infrastructure, uh, whether it's uh, from a human resource perspective or from a, an IT perspective. I think that infrastructure that we've got from an IT perspective has helped us weather through the difficulties uh, during that time. When it comes to negotiation, just like everyone, we've used the technology heavily. However, uh, it wouldn't have happened if we didn't if we didn't have a a great IT infrastructure put in place to actually weather through those uh, uh, those challenges, and uh, and it made it easier for us to communicate with everyone uh, across the globe. Uh, as you can see, there are uh, investors from different uh, continents, from different countries. So uh, we've we're very happy that uh, uh, we've uh, we've we've crossed the finished line now, and I think better things will come uh, in the future. Because I know that at the start of the year, I was in Davos and I was talking to a few um, investors, and and they were talking about the opportunities f- for infrastructure this year. That even with uncertainty, this is before even the pandemic really. Um, became a pandemic and um, they're talking about the, the, the appeal of infrastructure that people were looking for that kind of um, secure stable um, in, investment opportunities did it become because you know you would think that valuations would immediately be in in, in question in focus um, as a result of that but perhaps maybe this way and I'm not trying to lead your answer here but it, it, did, did it become the opposite where it, with even more volatility uncertainty then it becomes even more of an appetite for for, for stable uh, assets like the infrastructure we're talking about here. Exactly, exactly. So, so, so you've got, uh, as an investor, uh, given the economic indicators that you've got around the world, given what's happening uh, around the world currently, uh, given given what's uh, how depressed the interest rates are now, you've got a a standard on double A plus company, you've got a long, long-term long uh, transaction, 20 years, you've got attractive proceeds uh, and attractive terms uh, and attractive returns. So who wouldn't be interested? That's, that's, the, that's, the, uh, that's the bottom line. I think uh, for any investor, this will be very attractive. Hence, it didn't change uh, things much for us. On the contrary, this attracted more interest into the deal, and and I guess the the, the sort of blue chip names 
involved in this deal, they they have the confidence, they have the track record to continue to 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 make a deal like this happen, even even with the the sort of the noise around um, the world with the transaction. But the the bigger picture that you mentioned, I mean, the UAE has the the sixth largest gas reserves in the world. The gas story is very compelling in the UAE. We we know that uh, energy demand domestically is rising. We know that um, you know as as a, a kind of related to to Adnoc's targeted increased capacity uh, strategy that there will be an increase in gas coming, and so gas would seem uh, a, a, a very a very attractive uh, proposition because the demand will be there um, if the supply can be there, and obviously the pipelines are that sort of midstream play that that makes it all come together. So. Recently, we've 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 announced several strategies, and one of them was the Adnox gas strategy. Uh, as you rightly said, the UAE holds the world's sixth largest natural gas reserves. Adnox gas strategy aims to meet in-country gas demand and support the UAE in achieving uh, gas self-sufficiency. Uh, dynamics for the, for the UAE gas market are attractive, driven largely by domestic utilities and growing. Industrial production. In addition to the demand created by Adnoc's own upstream and downstream activities, of course. Other than that, I just wanted to mention also another strategy that that we've talked about is Adnoc's sustainability strategy. Uh, Adnoc has a legacy of being a responsible oil and gas production and a long-standing commitment to the environmental stewardship. So this is also important. Uh, to note that Adnoc cares, Adnoc is committed to the uh, environmental stewardship and environmental well-being. So, you know, Ahmed, quite rightly, what you say, I mean, gas is considered um, a cleaner um, option for the energy mix. Um, it, it's something that going forward with hydrocarbon producers being much more conscious of the environmental narrative, then that makes a lot of sense. Um I, I wonder more broadly, um, I mean, 2019 was a strong year for UAE FDI, uh, partly, be, I mean, not just partly, but because of two deals that Adnoc brought in, not just that oil um, pipelines deal we talked about, but also the refinery investment by Italy's ENI. Um, and this year, it looks like with 10 billion up front, uh, that FDI that we have now, um, and as you're saying, setting a benchmark, then it's interesting that oil and gas is a, can continue to be a driver for FDI um, for the UAE going forward. And and does that does that help you as a group CFO um, that that sort of this momentum that that will when people discuss FDI and the UAE being a top destination that helps you when you go in to meet investors and you negotiate. It, it does. It does. And and and. So last year's deals, including BlackRock, KKR, GIC, ENI, and OMV, of course, in the refinery, has been, I think, a, a springboard. Those transactions have been springboard for the for future transactions, and they've attracted a lot of interest into Abu Dhabi, into the uh, from an FDI perspective. As I said, the deal, the current deal, if you look at it, also provides the consortium with a unique opportunity to invest in high quality energy infrastructure assets with a low risk profile. That generates stable cash flows, and that's that's why everyone is attracted to to such a deal. Now, 
given the UAE strong financial position and the confidence of the uh, global uh, investment world to the UAE and the confidence in Abu Dhabi and ADNOC is making it easier for ADNOC actually to execute those uh, those deals. It's still it's still a challenge, uh, as as you may well know in general. However, on a high level, it does help a lot the position of Abu Dhabi and the UAE on the world uh, platform. So uh, yes, it does, and our UAE's movement towards attracting more FDIs, incentivizing different things in the economy to attract more FDIs into the UAE and Abu Dhabi has also been felt uh, by not only ADNOC, by, but by the other sister companies around, across, across the UAE and, and Abu Dhabi. So yes, it does make it easier for us. And it's, uh, it's about us doing it right. And uh, I can tell you that for us, this is a huge achievement. And I think we've done very well. Ahmed Al-Zabi, Group Chief Financial Officer at ADNOC, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Mustafa. It's a pleasure. Before we finish, here are the other stories you need to know about on the national.ae. Saudi Arabia is injecting $4 billion into the country's tourism sector. Iran is considering plans to reduce the fee it charges international airlines for flying over its airspace, as it looks to entice more operators to utilize it amid dwindling air traffic due to COVID-19 and geopolitical tension. And the US is pressing ahead this week for Arif Nakvi's extradition from the UK over the collapse of Abraj. That's it for today. If you have any questions or comments, please email malrawi at thenational.ae. If you've enjoyed this show, subscribe or leave a review. And all that remains to thank Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan, our production team. And you all for listening. Do join us again next time.